Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Welcome back to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. I keep teasing that we're going to talk about these really kick-ass books by Darcy Coates, and we haven't gotten around to it, but we're getting to it today, by God, because Cherie is back, the most prolific reader of regular books and audible books I've ever met, the worldwide, right, Cherie? Like, you you have the world record on books covered. Is that right? Um, It's possible. It is it entirely possible. <laughs> I saw it on the internet, so it has to be true. Oh, it has to be true if you saw it on the internet. Yeah. I mean, they never lie. Internet, always truthful. Hey, listen, we're actually <laughs> getting spy materials on the internet now that turns out to be true. Did you see about that in the news? The what? Uh, spy materials, like um, top classified materials that some 21-year-old gamer leaked online. Oh, I vaguely remember something about that. Well, apparently the media has been lying to us because the CIA tells them to. And the Russians are actually beating the shit out of the Ukrainians in this war, even though we're told Ukraine is bound to win. And we've spent how many, like 100? Well, probably about 400 billion, probably, over there. And it turns out... And, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, isn't there something about um, um, English and American troops being over there? Yes, after we've, they've lied the whole time. They don't have the right to be there. If you're going to be there for more than 30 days, you have to have a congressional declaration of war. Uh-huh. Biden lied. Apparently, troops have been on the ground over there, and they lied to us about it. So now, well, if Congress has the balls, they'll have an immediate investigation, a vote on the War Powers Act, and demand either, like, if they're not voting for war, then those troops come home right now. There you go. And I would not send one more dime to Ukraine, because apparently Zelensky... Uh, has grifted about $400 million of our billions to himself. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, all these people with the Ukraine flags on their social media profiles. Listen, I've been saying the entire time that once it started on this podcast that when it comes to Russia and Ukraine, you're talking about the two most corrupt money laundering places and human sex trafficking places on the planet. They're uh, horrible. Yeah. Ukraine is the worst. So, I um, mean, yeah. I don't know. I the, the one thing that hit me is whenever they showed um video or photos of people in Ukraine, um it's almost like a drinking game. Count how many swastika um 
um, tattoos you can see. Yeah, there are real, like, people, real-life Nazi supporters. I don't mean just people with the swastika flag. They like Hitler. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not cool. It's not cool. So, yeah, Hitler. So, so, we're being gaslit by our media and our government, and uh, they've done something very bad. And this, every, I remember how everyone hated Trump because, my God, he's going to get us in World War Three, And he oh, kept God, us yeah. out of wars for four years, and this numb nuts in the White House is going to be the one to get us in like more trouble than we can handle. Or whoever's puppeting him. I think the guy is like, I, I don't know, I think he has dementia or something. Yeah, I think Obama is probably like our secret president we don't know about, and he was terrible. <laughs> first uh, why else would he buy a house in D.C.? Yeah, really? And if he cared that much about global warming, why did he buy a you know, hundred million? I don't know. How, how big of a mansion did him and his husband buy? <laughs> or his wife buy. <laughs> Excuse me, did I say that? How big of a mansion did they buy right on the coast? Really? <clears throat> that was crazy. They're, they're really so let's I mean, hit... I... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I can only handle so much. I mean, I don't, I don't think I can handle Ukraine and <sighs> um, Budweiser in the same I know. day. I know. Just Budweiser My... sales dropped a ton last weekend. But like... I mean, well... Seriously, and then this, I think his name is Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah. The uh the the boy who wants to be a girl yeah. who is giving everybody a bad name. I mean, 365 days of being a girl. He has no fucking clue what a girl is. None whatsoever ever. Um no man has a clue of what a woman is because they're not a woman; they're a man. And we're going to get into I some. I heard that um, he even has he even has contracts with Nike and get this Tampax. Yeah. Also, he is the sports bra spokesman for Nike. <laughs> well, guess who else's um, bottom line is going to drop drastically. Well, yeah, a lot of female athletes are now like saying they're going to go to Under Armour or whoever. And, um, yeah, like, the guy has no tits. How in the world are you, are you wearing a sports bra? Exactly. But speaking of manly stuff, we're going to get into – I'm going to ask you some questions on, like, manliness. Because okay. all us guys, we have our own opinion about manliness. But, like, what's okay. a woman's opinion of manliness? So we're going to go down the, the bracket and one thing versus another – and folks, if you're just now tuning in or listening, you want to stick around because at the end, we're going to go over the music that we would play to death row inmates. Oh, yeah, yes. it's, a, it's a sick show today, folks. So anyway, so let's, <laughs> I'm going to jump into this real quick, Sheree. I'm going to there's I saw a bracket put up by Barstool Sports and it was a bracket called the manliest things. And if you had to choose okay. one thing or another, which is more manly? OK, so which is more manly? Drinking okay. hard liquor or wearing underwear with holes? Wearing underwear with holes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Which is more manly, winning a fight you didn't start or doing house and yard work? Winning a fight you didn't start. Okay. I'm an Aries. I, I love battle. <laughs> So we yeah, so if World War Three breaks out, we're putting you in the front. Fuck right. yes. Here's another one. This is a good one. 
which is more manly, eating rare meat or having good facial hair? Having good facial hair. Okay. Carrying all the groceries or manning the grill? Oh, carrying the groceries. Really? Okay. All right. All right. Here's another one. Being like Al Bundy and grunting when you sit down or having a deep voice? Having a deep voice. All right. And last one here for you. All right. Which is more manly? Pretending not to know the names of famous people or not giving a shit about your health? Oh. That's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, which is more manly? Not which yeah. is more probably not giving a shit about your health. It may be manly, but it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. I thought that's that's more manly. Because if you pretend not to know the names of famous people, you're just being full of shit. Yeah. That's not really anybody can pull that off. So you're saying the good va facial hair and a deep voice. So if I sound like Darth Vader and have like Tom Selleck's mustache. Is that the kind of guy that are just irresistible to ladies? No, I didn't. I don't equate being more manly with um, irresistible to ladies. Okay. Because I love nerds. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm but, over here. I mean, maybe I'm thinking it from, I don't know. It's just, yes, there are some things that, that I may think are more manly that other women may go, hell no, that's not more manly. But I guess it just depends. But a deep voice? Oh, fuck yes. I love deep voices. So if you walk into a room, it's a library with a nice big roaring fire, and sitting in that Queen Anne leather chair is Darth Vader reading Walt Whitman. Yeah, you're into that. That's what you're saying. Um, yes, absolutely. Right. <laughs> He's got that deep voice. Maybe maybe you just paint that mustache on the outside of his mask. Well, I don't know. Well, who wouldn't like a man that can strangle someone without touching them and read you poetry at the same time? Some women would find that incredibly hot. Yes. You know what? I'm surprised, like, you know, when in Star Wars, when Kylo Ren took his mask off for the first time, and you saw how, like, thick his hair was, as long as his hair was. Man, if he would have had like some Wolverine mutton chops, that would have just been badass. That was a missed opportunity if you ask me. It was a missed opportunity, but I don't find him attractive, so. Kylo Ren. Eh. Well, he doesn't have the deep oh, voice. Oh, hell no. No deep voice. Of course not. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, he's just, he has one of those I don't know what you would call it, like a Play-Doh face. It's just so bland and plain. Yeah. I don't like that. I need someone with character. Give him a scar. Uh, well, he did have a scar after. Yeah, she gave him one. <laughs> after that, but. Yeah, yeah he, he got a scar, all right. So maybe in the but second one, he was a family scar because Ray gave it to him. Oh, man, she wolfed out on him. So we're going to be talking about, I don't know, she's one of my new favorite authors, Darcy Coates. Oh, yes. One so of you, mine, too. You actually turned me on to this book series, and the first book was called The Whispering Dead. So let's talk a little bit about Darcy Coates and spoil the series for people so far. Okay. And um, first of all, for people who don't know who Darcy Coates is, t t I guess just tell them a little bit about her. 
Oh, um, I actually, it's kind of funny. I don't know that much about her. I don't know. I think she's English. She may be English. <laughs> I'm not sure. But she writes um, almost uh, horror novels in a gothic style with mystery um, thrown into it. It's, yeah. it's really interesting. I think I actually got into her after I watched that horrible ass movie, um, Crimson Peak. Yeah, that was bad. I didn't like that either. Yeah, and I was thinking about um, seeing if the book was any better. Because usually I read the book before I watch the movie. But this time it was the other way around. And um, as I was looking at that book, I believe on Audible, I came across uh, Darcy Coates. The first one I came across was um, The Carol Haunt. Which is almost, it's not it's a gothic atmosphere but it's but it takes place in modern time uh -huh. um it's a ghost story and i thought oh cool okay i'm gonna spend a credit and listen to that and from there it kind of snowballed um she does a series literally i thought it was a zombie series it's called um dark it's a what is the series name dark winter it's like Voices in the Snow, Whispers in the Mist. Um, I am sorry to everyone. I lost all of my notes, so I'm kind of doing this on the fly. Um, I thought it was about zombies. Well, spoilers, it's about people changing into monsters. God, and it is, the, it's a, it is the freakiest four-book series. I absolutely love it. I've read it twice. I've listened to it at least four times. It says here, I just pulled up this thing on one, one something, I don't know, fandom.com. Um, Darcy is a USA best-selling, a USA Today best-selling author of Hunted, The Haunting of Ashburn House, Craven Manor, and more than a dozen horror and suspense titles. She lives on the central coast of Australia with her family, cats, and a garden full of herbs and vegetables. Uh, she awesome. loves forests, especially old-growth forests with tree, trees dwarf. Anyone who steps between them, uh, wherever she lives, she tries to have a mountain range close by. There's a lot of, um, she has written a lot of books. Oh, um, yeah. The first one that I think you you had gotten me as a gift was The Haunting of Lee Harker, and it was on Audible. And oh, yeah. For yes. the longest time, I thought I'd download it. Every time I tried to open up the file, it wouldn't play on my computer. I'm like, well, why in the hell is this not playing? Well, I had to go to audible.com. I had no idea. So finally I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so so I, I'm listening to that one now. And that one really wasted no time getting into it. But you told me about a book called, the, was it The Whispering Dead? Um, it was the first of the series. Oh, that's right. The Whispering Dead is in her Gravekeeper series. Yes. Yes. So there's three books in that one. There's one more to come. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. uh, so, I, so I've read those three. Uh, not at nearly the pace you did, but I read pretty fast for me. Because once you start reading some of her books, they're hard to put down. Um, um, another one that uh, she had put out was called From Below. Oh, God, yes. Um, yeah, you want to give people just like a little synopsis of that one? Uh, sure. Um, I'll do it from memory. Uh, a team of um, divers who are 
putting on um, a documentary. Find um, a lost ship that went down in, I believe it's the late 1800s, the early 1900s. They find it in this part of the sea where nothing lives. It's like very strange. And I actually had to look this up to see if it was true. <clears throat> there are parts of the sea, I suppose, where oceans meet, where the salt content is so high and the water is so cold, nothing lives. Nothing, yeah, the oxygen no content is so piss poor that nothing can even, no fish can even Exactly. No bacteria, absolutely nothing. Anything that falls into it usually is like preserved. So these, um, someone that you will find out if you read the book, someone sabotages their little mini kind of remote sub things. So they go all the way down to the ship and it is far down. They have to make stops because of, um, what is that nitrogen in their blood or something like yeah. that? Yeah. They have to make all these stops and they finally hit this um this this ship underwater and they go in. And the place is it's not perfectly preserved, like you know, water wallpaper gets waterlogged, blah blah blah. And they start finding well, the first thing they found was a body. And it was perfectly preserved. Well, they go back up to the surface surface because they have to, they come back down and then all hell starts to break loose. Yeah. And these, I, I don't even know if you can call them people anymore. I don't know what the hell you call them, but they start moving and they start coming after them yeah. and they're trapped like so far down underneath the water. And these, people things i mean there there's i will spoil this there is one dude with the top of his head fucking sheared off and he's yeah. still moving yeah. and they come out of like cracks and holes in the wall and it's just so freakish and <clears throat> um they have to survive and get out of there now the thing with with this book it was because this was kind of like a luxury liner before the titanic right yes so so, so when you they're swimming through a ballroom now, the thing when they're down there swimming is if they make too much movement, the sediment kicks up and it blinds them because they can't see, and exactly. they have to have a, a line to find their way back out. And some the line has been cut. Yeah, so it's and you and you're wondering like, okay, so all these dead bodies that are down there are preserved, but when they first start swimming around, they were going in, into the rooms. They're like, there's no bodies here. Where's anybody at? Now, the right. interesting thing about the way Darcy Coates wrote this book. Now, this is. Yeah, from somebody who's written quite a few myself, the masterful thing that she has done is that, you know, you tell the story in the real time where the where the divers are at and what's going on with them. But then the next segment of the book, you might be going back in time to see what happened to those people on that boat, why it went down, where the bodies went, the things that it was almost like a sh the shining on at that sea. Oh, yes. Everybody's absolutely. starting to go a little mad. And uh, they're hearing things, these peckings from the walls. Like it was almost like almost a haunted ghost ship, which you can't see anything. So, well, yeah, that's a that's pretty the, perfect analogy. I mean, the shining, in, except yeah. with the shining, you know, the shining, it was, I don't know if it was in Torrance's head or what, but this, they are real 
bodies down there. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so it's it's like, yeah, the shining, but like real, you know, people trying to kill you. Um, yeah. And the thing I was, mean, with with this book, I and I think I'd mentioned this to you when I was reading this, uh, I got like I was getting claustrophobic in the process of reading this book. So and the cold. fact that I had such yeah cold and like the fact that you can read this book and have such a visceral response, that is that to me is like mastercraft from a writer. Absolutely. That, and uh, I mean, so at that point, I'm reading from below, and I'm like. Okay, this is the female version of Stephen King, but the difference is she's not dropping f bombs every other word like Stephen King feels the need to do. Exactly, you know? and another great thing she does in her books that I absolutely love, she glosses over sex scenes. She doesn't waste language either. You notice? Did you notice no. that? Like, even in the absolutely. books, absolutely, uh, the Whispering Dead, and then um, I forgot the name of the next one. Then the Twisted Dead. Even in those. She she gets to the point and makes makes it like such an entertaining read. It it, it it does get a little tense at times, but yeah, she doesn't waste language. Doesn't gl I mean, just like if there's any kind of needed sex scene, she glosses over. She's not you know writing like you know light porn. Thank God. Oh God, um, no. See that that to me ruins the story. Well, I I don't think it has a place. Yeah, and, and really, I mean, unless there's a specific purpose for that action, there's really no reason to have that action in a book. Or exactly. Um, it, no, I mean, she's very masterful. And from below, I swear, I you could um in your in your head, you imagine yourself all the way down in those damn corridors in that murky ass water with the silt coming up. And you're cold, and it is extremely frightening to even read. Yeah, that was that was a tough one to put down, but it it was tough in a way to put down because I I wanted to see what happened next, but it was easy to put down because I was feeling claustrophobic and I needed a break. Oh God, like, yes, that's, that's how what that's what that book did. Um, so if you love horror and you're listening to this, and you love horror. Uh, From Below by Darcy Coates is a great starting book. Yeah, and um, read it. Read it first. Don't go straight to Audible. Read it. Yeah, um, there's something about, like, I noticed, yeah, Audible, I guess, has, has its place for certain kinds of books. But to read a book like that, you you need to connect in your mind with it in a way instead of just listening to it in the background. Yeah, just don't listen to it. And, you know, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, too. And I will actually work while I listen to it or shop. So you don't do that with this book. Actually, take time, sit down, and read it to get the full scope of what's going on. Her world building is just awesome. It really is. Yeah. And uh, so she's quickly become one of my favorite writers. Now, oh, yeah. With the, the, with the Whispering Dead, we have, there's some very lovable characters in this <laughs> So Who's I'll, your favorite character besides Kira? Um, Zoe. I, yeah, I don't me think, too. I don't think like she's sort of like that glue, because you knew Mason would still always be there for Kira. Harry's just weird. Adage, he has his place. He's not really in the stories themselves. He's just kind of like supporting character, you know, in some right. Scene. But uh, Zoe is such an eclectic, funny, sarcastic, curious person, an odd bird that's just like lovable you know 
Oh, wait, wait, wait. We should tell people what it's about. Go for it. Yeah, so here's what happens in the in the Whispering Dead. There's this girl who she doesn't know her name. She's running from these people. She doesn't know why she's running. She's in this small little British town. And um, I forgot the name of the town, but it's a, it sounds like a cute little place, right? It's like, 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 like a tiny town with like one street with some shops there, and then that's it. And uh, so she's running, and then like she... I guess she just exhausts. She's just exhausted. She so she hides in this cemetery, and these mm-hmm. people they they can't find her, so they move on, and she's watching as they leave. But the thing is, she's got insomnia. She has no idea who she is, or what she's running from, or why she's running from them. She just knows she's in danger. She's sort of she's hurt already. And um, so anyway, the guy who the the priest who lives next door to the cemetery, I guess he oversees it, and the last person who is the uh, groundskeeper no longer there i guess he passed away or something so um they all decide they're going to call her kira so she meets these other little characters in town mason is a guy who was uh who comes back from he's from medical school but he didn't finish but he's kind of like he'll he'll help people around town if they have like little medical issues like some little things he can do Mm -hmm. and so people always call him for advice because he's like their brightest star in town right Zoe is this eclectic girl who works at the at the uh, grocery store who just is like she's into every conspiracy theory you can imagine. She believes in everything from Loch Ness to Bigfoot to ghosts. And apparently Kira has second sight. She has this little muscle she can pull in like in her eyes somehow like look at a different level and then she's in a cemetery and she sees the spirits there that have not passed on. Yep. So Adage, the priest, decides, hey, listen, if you're going to stick around town, there's this little cottage there. You can stay there. We'll we'll fix it up, clean it up for you. It hasn't been used in a while. And you can try to help these people move on. So that's the backdrop of the story. Meanwhile, um, she gets into a little bit of trouble with some locals um, who, one, wants to see her dead, too, actually. And uh, stumbles upon a brand new little friend, little furry friend called Daisy, a cat that I cannot, I, I don't know yet if this is like a, a ghost cat or some supernatural cat or something, something weird. Is this some dwarfy cat? We have no yeah. idea. <laughs> it eats, it sleeps, and somehow seems to show up when it's needed most. Exactly. So, um, but But I guess the backdrop of the story is her trying to help the people who have passed, move on. And sometimes these people have stories and they haven't and, passed because they need closure. And find out where, why these people are hunting her. Exactly. Now you find out a lot more in book three called The Twisted Dead. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Now in the meantime, there's a a local, um, I guess she's she's trying to, uh, there's there's, in the first book, there's this really, angry spirit that somehow has managed to eat other spirits yes and she is trying to get rid of that spirit and she's trying to solve the mystery it's it's like a 200 year old mystery you're like from the beginning of the town really uh there was this, there was people that were going missing so one person got blamed for it that apparently wasn't the one who did it maybe and so she solves this mystery but has to uh she ends up getting the skull from this goth kid named harry who has a goth metal i love harry 
Harry isn't phased by anything. He is like, he would be like a creepy Glenn Danzig with no anger issues. And you think he would be like relaxed, like he smokes weed all the time, but he doesn't. He's just the most chill guy. He can fall asleep during the middle of a haunted house and not worry about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he uh, works in his mother's flower shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's the lead singer of a death metal band. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, They sold out their albums, all two of them. Yeah. One to his mother. <laughs> <laughs> I think Zoe bought the other one in the third book, right? <laughs> so she, um, just... I think so, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was so funny. But so she, so Kira has the sense of, you know, she's got a purpose now of helping the dead move on, but trying to find out their stories. So she's kind of like a supernatural sleuth, right? So she's, yeah. and Zoe is helping her. Mason is helping her. Yep. And um, she, uh, there's a local guy in the first book, um, a doctor's son who uh, tries to kill her, actually. Um, because then she just like kicks his ass, right? So, so Kira's like, "Who am I? Why do I know? Like, why do I know how all this self defense? Why yeah. do I know how to survive on my own in the woods? Why do I know? Like, what am I? You know." Mm-hmm. So she's slowly starting to realize it into the third book that uh, her name isn't Kira uh, at all, and I forgot what her actual real name was. Um, I. Because- don't remember. I just know her as Kira. I can't remember her real name, what that mm-hmm. person called her. But the thing is that she finds out that this is some sort of like a weird ass kind of cult that's yes. coming after her. And probably for good reason, because in the third book, um, and this is a bit of a spoiler too. So if you want to get these books and don't want to spoiler, then just, you know, hit the mute button. Yeah, hit the mute button until we get to the death row inmate rock list. Uh, but, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so she, she they come up on the cemetery. They, they, she goes actually to help Mason because mm-hmm. the real she found out the reason he left. You know, the mystery of why he left med school surfaced. And he had a lot of guilt about things. One of his closest rivals and friends was murdered on campus, and he thought he might have heard something and didn't stop to help and. And then one of yeah, he was late for a class, and turned out it was his friend that was murdered. Yes, so he wanted to go to the spot where it happened to see if the guy's spirit was still there, so she could help him move along. And if it wasn't there, he just needed to know, like it was just killing his conscience. So they go there, um, but on the way back, they stop and get a hotel, and comes to find out there's this uh, cemetery nearby. Well, they were to, to find this guy's grave actually where he's buried so to see if it was there and it was there where that cult actually owns the cemetery she recognized the van the symbol on the van and the name of it um and they recognize her when they see her so now the chase is on they're trying to get the hell out of there but not before she can come back at night and they first of all have to get their car because the three of them escape on foot and for some reason she knows the underground tunnels around there through the sewers Wow. Yes, she does. So, And she doesn't know why. She doesn't know why when they're in the hotel room that they escape up into the ceiling because they realize that they've the lady at the hotel ratted them out to the people at the cemetery. So 
for some reason she knew she had like a a bag in the in the ceiling you know when you got Uh up -hmm. to the ceiling. And she's like, how do I know this was here? You know, why do I know I've been in this room? And all this. But um, anyway, they escape. And then they get the car. And she actually gets zapped by electricity, but she goes back. She, she's trying to find a way to release all the people. Because what
um i think it's called dead winter yeah that's right and um that one's it's not going to be a ghost story it's people trapped in a cabin and one of them is a serial killer and she has and the main character has to find out which one it is before they kill everyone wild just, just completely wild. wild i mean she really does have a really good scope of um books yeah i mean she can she can surpass different genres and she um she makes them very fluid and she mixes them together very well yes she does so yeah darcy coats make sure you go pick up something on amazon if you're at a bookstore yeah definitely if, you, if you're at a bookstore go buy from local but uh, oh yeah, absolutely this is good stuff. Hey, let's get into the macabre portion of today's episode. If you were, okay. let's just say you're the warden at a prison and there's some bad mamba jambas in here, right? There's some bad motor scooters and you got a bunch of them on death row. Now, every day you could just piss them off. You get, you can pick your own playlist. I mean, I'd go in there one day and play something like puberty love, something that's like, Drive a man, Cotton Eye <laughs> Joe, just anything like get these people rattling cages. But let's stick with a the theme, though. These people are on death row; they're gonna die. They're in prison. What songs is on, what? What makes your playlist on this, Sheree? Oh my God, uh, "Creeping Death" by Metallica. Oh, good one. For whom the bell tolls by Metallica. Another good one. Oh, let me think. I had a really good one. Oh God. Let's see. Um, I shot the sheriff. <laughs> yeah. Bob Barley <laughs> of the Whalers. Gotta do that one. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I was thinking the Bon Jovi song. Um, I think it's You Give Love a Bad Name or something yeah, like that. Shot, shot through, through the, the heart. heart. You're to blame. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh God. The one you had was so good. It was uh another one by Sadust by Queen. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought of um Pat Benatar. Hit me with your best shot. Fire oh, away. <laughs> Fire yeah, away. So going to the yeah, I don't know if they're going to the going to the you know hang or get shot or like lit up in the chair i thought about if they're getting lit up in the chair i would play shock the monkey peter gabriel oh, that is good um end of the world as we know it r-e-n bohemian uh, rhapsody yeah mama just killed a man <laughs> all right so i mean jailhouse rock is one right i mean that's oh yeah i forgot I that of, one i thought about that sam cook classic chain gang <laughs> i thought that was interesting um, if you really, really want to just break their hearts, play Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. Uh, <laughs> um, but, it, but you know, this morning I was thinking about that and I thought, you know, remember that song Rusty Cage by Soundgarden? Thought, oh, wow. That, that would be one. Um, the Gallows Pole by Led Zeppelin. Oh, that's yeah. good. Oh, you really thought this out. Well, here's a couple others I came up with. Okay. Uh, this is kind of a sad song. Closing Time by Semisonic. <laughs> <laughs> you are twisted. <laughs> that is twisted. Like I, And then, uh, of course, you can't take somebody down to set them in the chair without Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue. Nope. <laughs> like, 
As they're walking, being escorted down the hall in chains, I, I would be like, "Yeah, we're going rock down to." Yeah, I would have to. <laughs> and right when they're putting the straps on them, I would maybe play Green Day's "Good Riddance." Hope you oh. had the time of your life. Oh, <laughs> that is perfect. That's that's cruel. I mean, it's cruel and unusual. But uh, if they're going before a firing squad while everybody's loading their weapons. And uh, the guys standing at the wall, chained on the wall, or whatever. I would play ACDC shot down in flames. Oh, that's good. That was that would be interesting. Or high voltage ACDC. That's another one. That's a good one. Oh, ACDC has a lot. Hell's Bells. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. ACDC would be really good for that. Um, You could also play, what, Time of Your Life by Green Day. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's called Good Riddance. That's the one I was mentioning. Oh, Good is that Riddance. the one? Yeah, it oh, okay. that's a good song. I love that song, but yeah, can you imagine some some mean guy who's killed like 30 people crying hearing that song on his way out? It's like, really? <laughs> Going out like that, are we? Okay, uh, <laughs> oh, or you could really screw with them and just play polka music all day. There's that, uh, that's cool and unusual. <laughs> You thought Electric Avenue was bad. Uh, oh, hanging, yeah, but like Led Zeppelin, I thought about that hanging from the gallows pole. That's a good song. That is. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's macabre. That's morbid of us to think about songs we would play to people on their way to death. But <laughs> I would, I would have to put a playlist together for my own funeral so people know what to play. <laughs> yeah, my buddy Matt said if you if I ever died young. He'd show up my funeral, and he would his final words. He laid down the boogie, and he played that funky music till he died. <laughs> and uh, I think mine would be "Fuck You" by CeeLo Green. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'd, I'd make sure I had some like P Funk All Stars represented there at my funeral. Um, yeah, can't can't go wrong with Bootsy Collins. Hey, the mothership was landed. Dr. Funkenstein. <laughs> I'd have a wet bar at the end. Oh my gosh. That's we so funny. You, we love you, Dr. Funkenstein, because your funk is the best. <laughs> I can see people with their head bobbing in the aisles. I hope somebody comes in with a with like a, I don't know, one of those old fur coats from the 70s everybody used to wear. And a, and a new a and pimp a cool, coat? Yeah, pimp coat and a cane, man. I hope somebody shows up. <laughs> and uh, maybe a feather in your cap, something, just something cool. Something that, <laughs> that's that's terrible, is it? That's an image. I can tell you that. <laughs> Bury me in that. If they if they don't cremate me, I keep telling everybody if I die, I want to be cremated. They're like, oh no. I'm like, it's my only chance to be smoking hot in life. Do it. It's not cool. <laughs> Trying to save space, man. Take me and spread me out somewhere cool, somewhere I want to be. Ballpark, maybe. I don't know. Center field. I could be like that. I could haunt it. I could haunt the place. <laughs> Take me to Cincinnati and drop me off at center field. And every time the every time the Cardinals are in town, you know I'm gonna be active. <laughs> I'll be talking in their ears out in the outfield. You suck. You suck. Yeah, yeah, you worship the devil. I've heard about that. Heard about that. 
They would hate me. <laughs> They'd be afraid to come back to town. It's like, man, that stadium's haunted. Get it. <laughs> or I would scream, I got it, right when they're about to catch a fly ball and they move. <laughs> That's. Oh, God. Yeah, I would probably get him in trouble, too. I would I would say something to the umpire and make him think the player said it. Get him kicked out of the game. <laughs> I'd go total Bull Durham on him. I'd, I'd use the C-sucker word. Like, that's the word to get you thrown out of the baseball game. You don't call him that. Call him anything else. Call him that, you get thrown out. Oh, that's funny. It is funny. It's a good life, Sheree. Yeah, it's good. But I, but thank you for coming on to the show today. I appreciate that. We got a chance to talk about Darcy Coates. We've been teasing this for a while, so we finally, finally, finally got. It. Finally, right, yeah, we'll it's been a long time. It's either one or you or I. We just couldn't make it work. But we did and today. Waiting for your ass to finish a book. <laughs> Took me a while. I'm, I'm not saying I'm the fastest reader. I'm just fast for me. Well, I, I do finish books pretty quickly. That's how I can get through so many per year. Is that why they crowned you Miss Queen of Audible last year? That was impressive. I might, it might be. I swear. I'm. If I do not have a Kindle in my hand, I'm listening to an audiobook constantly. I don't watch TV, and I barely watch movies. So, oh, I did. I did end up watching the Evil Dead Two movie. Yeah, what'd you think? I laughed my ass off the whole way through it. Wasn't it wild when all the little, uh, uh, like the heads that were on the walls of like the deer and the all these other, the lamp starts laughing. The lamps and, laughing, yeah. <laughs> and then when that happened, I was like, that is the weirdest. Thing. Like it was such a twist from Evil Dead One, because now you just knew they were trying to have fun with it. Okay, I never saw the first Evil Dead. Actually, that one made me nervous. No, they did a remake of it, which actually they did it. It was it was different. It was really visceral. The remake was. Uh -huh. um, and, but uh, the, yeah, the first one you should uh, see because the that's how he became alone in the cabin. Like that tells the backstory of like all these friends, and then how they got possessed by whatever's out in the woods that they unleashed out of that out of that uh, codex they found. But that was okay. wild. And so they were, but there was a tons of blood and it was, they were trying to be really scary, but like with so much blood over, overblown, like, you knew they were kind of having fun. The second one, they had a lot more fun with, you could tell. And oh, that's yeah. why like Army of Darkness, you could see the humor where the humor came from. Oh yeah. It was a succession. And uh, so it was, it was good. It's good. Uh, good series. Yeah. They're actually doing another evil dead one. Uh, so the ad for the preview for, <clears throat> and it looks I don't know if I'm going to see it or not. Because um, it looks like it's kind of like a, they want to make it kind of like the remake. But it's just a continuation of another story. Like somebody, this family, their mother's possessed or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now it's trying to get into all of them through the little girl and all that. So it's really weird. But um, I don't know. There's probably some Evil Dead fans listening to this because I know there's a lot of horror fans that, that listen, so. But uh, anyway, Cherie, thanks for doing this again. We'll have to come back again, and and we'll do another morbid list of, I don't know. I had fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll do a list of like our own funeral songs. 
<laughs> or something morbid. But um, anyway, yeah, and that's what manliness is, folks. If you sound like Darth <laughs> Vader and have a mustache, flaunt it, fellas. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Gonzo Chronicles. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe. And then there's a YouTube page. Go over and subscribe to that sucker, too. And if you want to be nice, you can actually look me up on Amazon right after you look up Darcy Coates and pick up one of mine. And uh, anyway, thanks again, Cherie. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.